Welcome to another Daily Takeaway. It is uh, Bush and Richie. Uh, first one back together since uh, the Easter break. Um, an Easter egg review. I was a little bit disappointed when I opened one of mine that uh, the chocolate inside... You know, you always get the egg. Yeah. And then whatever brand of confectionery you've got, you've got then like a complimentary one of their chocolate bars, yeah? Uh-huh. I've got two, du- uh, two little fun size ones. I had that rumour. But- <laughs> <laughs> no, are you are you going to say? Because this is so weird. Because I had a conversation with Katie last night. I had a Mars, I had a Mars Easter egg, mm-hmm. and my the egg doesn't taste like Mars. Is that what you're going to say? Are they two different types of chocolate? Uh, so I, I don't know. Mine was mine was a Capri one. It okay. was uh, a crunchy one, but the, the, it was the, the, the rather than a regular size crunchy that you buy from the newsagents. Got a fun inside, size. Two little fun size ones. But the, but did the egg taste like crunchy egg, like crunchy crunchy chocolate, or is it just not? Do they have like generic chocolate they just knock out for Easter eggs? And it's got nout to do with the brand. Do you know what I mean? It's an interesting one. I think your cap egg it tastes like your dairy milk because it's so distinctive yeah but what is a mars bar if it's not all the toffee and the nougat inside it then it's just chocolate and then you don't really know what it tastes like it just tastes like um i'll tell you what my my, the egg bit tasted like it tasted like if you had uh, a chocolate that come off your christmas tree yeah like dirty chocolate (laughs) and sometimes that's fine but i was expecting a little bit more so overall easter wise don't know about you i was a little bit disappointed 363 days to sort it out chocolate people this is bush and rich's daily takeaway read some very sad news earlier on today that took me straight back to uh younger years tupperware's in trouble tupperware is in the little we've got loads of it under the in the cupboard uh the house, but I always forget to use it. Yeah. None of them got lids. Storage containers. <laughs> no yeah. lids. Storage containers that take, they take me back to like having a packed lunch at primary school. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sitting down and thinking, right, what's, what, what have I been made today? Oh, sandwiches. Oh, that one's leaked. Oh, this, this <laughs> ham sandwich tastes of Ribena. Oh, this is grim, all that. Kind of, but exactly like what you just described, the kitchen at home, mum would have all these sort of like little Tupperware pots, all that kind of thing. Not just that, but like Tupperware parties. So is it a brand though? Because I, I always thought like Tupperware is just a catch-all term for any kind of plastic stuff that you'd have your lunch in and then lose the lid. Nah, lesson number one of the week. You're, you're, this is like the old uh, Hoover vacuum cleaner kind of thing. A tannoy. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One yeah. of them. Tupperware, they made plastic bowls. Obviously, then loads of people make plastic containers, but Tupperware were the originals. Maybe half their problem has been maybe PRing that a little bit better. <laughs> uh, well, they've, they've said they're in a bit of trouble. They're trying to reposition themselves to a younger audience, make uh, plastic storage containers a little bit more funky. Is that what they did? Genuinely? Yeah, but um, just, you know, sliding sales and they're saying they're in a little bit of trouble. Well, we know what happens to companies when they want to get rid of some of their older listeners and uh, and loyal people, do you know what I mean? It doesn't exactly. pan out well for them, so... But this is the thing, massive part of our childhood, uh, and I think, you know, we, we give the panda a protected status, all sorts of... Uh, does nothing in return either, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. So much like we would with wildlife or nature, I think there's, there's things that we still have, that we still use, that need to be given protected status, otherwise they're going to disappear. It's a good point, right? Because a lot of like stuff that you see in museums is in museums and it's kind of out there. But I reckon a lot of people listening to this right now might have the next generation of museum-based stuff in the house. Yeah. But don't even know. Like for example, I know in our loft that I have. This is from when I was a kid. But I've still got the the Mastermind board game. Do you remember that? Yeah. Inexplicable game that you think you put like little pegs into a block and it's got on the front cover. It's got an old fella with with a, a lady who I think might be his nurse with her hand on his shoulder <laughs> sat in a seat. 
and it's got nothing to do with the game, but it, it's iconic, and I guess there's not many of them left knocking around, is there? Uh, my dad's flat recently, I saw he's still got the question of sport board game. This We're, we're talking the Emlyn Hughes-Bill Beaumont era. That's hardly any of them around. It's like hen's teeth. <laughs> exactly. It's rare. Uh, Michelle would like to put forward the sandwich toaster. She says, surely yeah. you must agree with that. Hey, look, that's not fair. It's cutting edge, mate. Very cutting edge. The uh, the sandwich toaster that uh, that we use to be back after Easter... Um, it's brand new, that was. At, at any given time, there are millions of people toasting sandwiches around the world. Still, at any given point. Still a lot more to be toasted, myself. So, so we're, we're not agreeing with that. Uh, Kate, my other half, Katie, still got her old iPod from back. You know the white, heavy, made out of actual like steel? With, like, the little Spinny dial bit on the front. you turn on the front. I think she's hoping that it's worth quite a bit of money, but I don't know if it is. <laughs> I'm not sure it is. We've got a box of, like, old tech... <laughs> Which she won't throw out. <laughs> Even though like I feel bad for like old compact cameras. Yeah. Do you remember those like digital cameras? Yeah. You could spend loads of money on. They were brilliant. Now obviously phones do it loads of times better. Yeah. And I feel bad for those guys. They should give be given pr- pr- protective status. Do Agreed. I mean? Stuart and Solihull still got my Atari game console and uh, my Commodore, uh, my Commodore computer. The great days, he says. That, that Atari we had as a kids, um, and it's the only games console I can remember that had like a wooden teak finish on the side <laughs> of it. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Tom says car cigarette lighters. You yeah. think, do you know what I mean? Like, you forget that's just some disposable thing. It's progress or whatever. But that is a bit of history. It is. Do you know what I mean? Eight twelve fifteen to text. Tweets to Absolute Radio. Uh, Fiona's hanging on. Uh, what are we giving protected status, Fiona? I had a Tupperware giraffe and you made it out of bits of Tupperware. And I've just looked at it on, um, I Googled it and it's come up on eBay and there's a dog and an elephant. Wow, and eBay, obviously, you, you don't have it anymore, I guess. How much is it fetching no. on eBay? Is it like a lot of money? No, it's about <laughs> 20 quid for all three. That's not bad. You can't put a price on memories, can you? Can't put a price. Do you know what? I didn't, th- I didn't know Tupperware's... So this was a toy, was it? Because I, I thought Tupperware was just for storing food. I didn't know they'd branched into the um, let's play with this lovely giraffe market. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just vaguely remember it. Um, Mum had loads of Tupperware, Tupperware sewing boxes, all sorts of things. Wow. But a giraffe. I know, it's, it's kind of funky, isn't it? Yeah, it is very funky. It's very colourful. Do you, do you think, though, like, there's a load of stuff like that that, um, you know, no one's going to put that in a museum, but it is a big part of our lives and, our, and your childhood and everything like that, so it should be protected, don't you think? Yeah, I think it should be protected. Put it in a protected box. Well, yeah, we think maybe more a museum, but a box is fine as well. <laughs> and if you're a kid on, like, Easter holidays at the moment, you moan about how long it takes on the Wi-Fi to download the latest game on Switch, have a look at the Grandstand 3000, <laughs> particularly tennis. That's how we used to entertain ourselves. Uh, Emma has uh, some Nescafe jars from the 70s. Mm. She says they've got an ornate lid. My mum used them as storage jars. I've still got at least three. I reckon they should be saved. I could be the only person in the world still to have them. Uh, very iconic. Matt says my parents played a game of Othello over wow. Easter. I haven't played that since 1983, so I've asked them to add it in their will. Proper 80s or maybe even 70s. <laughs> Game that. Just going back to Tupperware for a second, an amazing bit of intel from Ian in Maidenhead. He says, guys, do you know, and I don't know if this is true or not, but he says that apparently there's a Tupperware museum in Orlando, Florida. That's brilliant. Isn't that up against, like, one of the big theme parks? <laughs> a couple, I'd say. Fair play to it. Yeah. Fair play to it. Uh, Carl, what are you putting in protected status? It is the Reader's Digest AA Book of the Road. Right. Which, produced in 1966, this one, right. there is... Um, it's the, uh, He's thumbing M- through it now, you can hear M1, him. The M6, M1, 
M5 uh, motorways on there, but... Um, That's it? They're not in blue, they're <laughs> in red. Wicked. <laughs> so what... Uh, and, and there is all sorts of other stuff in them, like first aid, etc. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Carl. I know my history. I don't think the M25 was built until the 80s, so... Um... No, no, the M25 is definitely not on there. Wow, so this is pre-M25 roadmap you've got going on there. I guess it goes back to an era, an era where people, when they wanted to know something, they'd go to a book and look it up, like, for example, the Encyclopedia Britannica, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you get to their roadmaps, um, who would ever read them when you've got SatNav and Google Maps and you can put it on your phone or whatever. No. That's a good anybody, point. Oh, anybody under the age of about 30... Wouldn't have a clue how to read a old map today. Carl, are you telling me that you still use your Reader's Digest uh, AA Book of the Road? Um, I probably not these days, uh, but if I, I would do if I went up into the Outer Hebrides or something like that, because I don't think anything's changed up there. That's a, that's a good and, point, and that's why it deserves and, protected status tonight on the Hometime Show, don't you? But it should be in, a, in on like a little glass cabinet in a in a museum somewhere. Uh, yes, it should. Thanks for agreeing to that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This is the Daily Takeaway. Daily takeaway. Uh, we just want to say a big thank you to everyone, every single one of you that got involved uh, with our Grandad Saga uh, that's been running on the show over the past couple of weeks. You know Grandad, the £10 porcelain Grandad doll uh, bought on Facebook Marketplace in Southend, turned into our show mascot, and you know the story, he accidentally dropped in, we had to glue him, he's been sitting in the corner of the studio, pride of place, you've all had your say on him, but we thought, for one final hurrah, wouldn't it be cool to send Grandad off with one of you guys, the listeners, for a few days, a bit like they do with the school mascots? And uh, thank you to listener Nick, who kindly stepped forward to have Grandad over the Easter Bank holiday weekend. So we've got Nick... Uh, on the line to uh, find out about the uh, weekend. So you came and got him on Thursday evening, didn't you? I did, and I, I've got to be honest, I was absolutely knackered when I rocked up. Uh, but no, Grandad was there, ready and waiting, even gosh my tuck, in reception. He, he was wrapped like some 21st century mummy, I guess. That was well, our well, producer well, Molly who wrapped him within an inch of his life. <laughs> well, 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 bless her, she did a phenomenal job. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say by the time I got through the bubble wrap, Grandad was intact. Uh, the downside being, but by the time I'd got through the bubble wrap, the tube carriage had half deserted. I think terrified looks from fellow commuters at this weird guy <laughs> at the end of the carriage. So, um, once he's back, what next? So, once back, we went directly to Curry House. I, I was hungry. Grandad needed to meet his adoring public. Um, and likewise, my family. So, that, that's when my lad Harry um, and Mrs B met Grandad for the first time. So, um, curry house, what, uh, any kind of curry that uh, Grandad would be partial to, do you think, given a night in a curry house with him? Well, to be honest, uh, Grandad seemed to stick to the cobra. Um, <laughs> a, 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 few, a few bottles lit at the table in the evening, that's for sure. Now, Nick, the main event of the weekend, um, you said you were going to take him to football, and boy, did you take him. What happened? Quite phenomenally, we, we took Grandad. He met fans in the pub beforehand. Um, he, he was very popular in the beer garden of the Griffin pub, I have to say. And this is Brentford's uh, Brentford fans, right? These are Brentford fans. There, there, there was no Newcastle around, but we then went up to the stadium. It was a really gorgeous, sunny afternoon. What was it like getting Grandad through a turnstile? <laughs> well, let's just say security could probably have been stricter. Uh, <laughs> 
And then, so and you got to your seat, and then when when it was kind of the, the teams were running out on the pitch, you you just held him aloft, right? That that's what happened. As you would. So you've got fans up there holding scarves, and then me up there holding granddad. Amazing. And I glanced up, and so you know the football, they've got the, the big screens above each stand, and there was granddad on the main screen. And Mrs. B fumbling for her camera to try and get a photograph. But, oh, the, the moment has been lost because by the time she got the phone ready, um, they'd moved on from Grandad to whoever, Newcastle United or something. And we thought, oh, gosh, one can only hope somebody else has seen that. Um, and boy, when we got home, had somebody else seen it? Because watching Match of the Day, Gary Lineker doing his pre-match chat with Alan Shearer. <laughs> and who's there on the big screen just over Gary's shoulder but... Grandad himself being raised aloft in the air. Amazing. Iconic. An iconic image for the ages. <laughs> it really was, but, but but it got better than that because then we kind of had a flick around the channels and Sky Sports. Um, they, they didn't even bother with Lineker. They just had a full zoom on Grandad again. <laughs> being held aloft for a, a good five or six seconds. So, yeah, he, he's there. He, he's been seen in the public eye, that's for sure. Nick, you said you'd show Grandad a good time, but literally you've shown Grandad to the world. He's a public figure now, isn't he, in many ways? Well, he's very much up there and out there, and and he has been seen. His photograph has taken many, many times. Uh, whether he's a good luck charm for Brentford or not, uh, the jury's still out on that, I would say. <laughs> but, uh, Nick, we want to thank you for, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's been tough for Grandad. Obviously, we dropped him live on the show. We had to glue his head back together. We had quite a big operation. So just to see his little face and to see him on national TV, and we've had so many emails about it because people spotted it watching Match of the Day or Sky Sports or whatever, uh, a huge thank you on behalf of the Home Time Show and Grandad himself. Absolute pleasure. So you've just heard the amazing bank holiday weekend uh, that our show mascot, Grandad, has had uh, with Nick and his family, uh, including uh, duping Match of the Day and Sky Sports uh, as he was seen at Brentford versus Newcastle, raised aloft above the thousands of fans in south-west London. Well, you can understand almost Match of the Day and Sky Sports getting sucked in by this, but... Uh, what about our very own Emil Franchi, Saturday morning on Absolute Radio's early breakfast show, reading out this request? Uh, Nick is up, doing a bit of writing this morning, taking his granddad to his first ever game of football. Wow! Has he been like living under a rock all this time? No one's told him about football. It's probably for the best. Enjoy, Nick and Grandad. Oh, I feel so bad for Emil because he's, he's the newest member of the Absolute Radio family, bar Tim Burgess. I feel like that's the equivalent of putting his head down the toilet or taking his lunch money. It's just so funny. Viva Grandad, he is everywhere. And if you want to see his adventures, there's some brilliant pictures right now on Twitter at Absolute Radio. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, we, we've had an unusual day. It's, it's an unsettling experience to get a, a message from our producer, Adem, that our boss, Paul, has left a note for yes. us. He's left a note for us in the studio, which I'm going to read for you right now. And it reads as follows. Dear Bush and Richie, I hope you both had a great Easter Bank holiday weekend. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Uh, I'm setting you a challenge. On Thursday, the 27th of April... We have Cash for Kids Day. Uh, 4.2 million children are living in poverty in the United Kingdom. And as our chosen charity, we want to do something about it. Cash for Kids is aiming to make a difference to the lives of disadvantaged children across the UK. I need you both to come up with a fundraiser stroke challenge idea for the day, the 27th, that will raise money for this great cause. 
Think back to the telephones and Blue Peter for inspiration. I trust you'll make the right decision. All the best, Paul. 16 days. That's not long, is it? <laughs> Thanks for that. This is like getting the, uh, you know, the, the pre-recorded <laughs> video message from Alan Sugar in The Apprentice. Yeah. Flanked by everyone from the radio station. Yeah, right, let's go and uh, go into the break-off rooms and sit down and come up with a team name. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, we've been talking about childhoods a lot in the first hour of the show yeah. tonight. But, like, I mean, the Blue Peter, you know, challengeometry in terms of the totaliser and stuff was a big thing back they then, were wasn't good, it? Yeah, I mean, a, to- a totaliser in the studio would be, w- would be good, but I, I, I guess we also need something to do to make that even work. I mean, I think Blue Peter, I remember Janet Ellis, uh, the hang gliding or, or Steady on. parachuting. <laughs> the next thing that tumbles out of your mind, just be careful <laughs> what you're saying. Do you know what? Uh, she broke her leg doing that, didn't she, Janet Ellis? I've got a feeling you could be right. Scratch that idea, we're not jumping out of a plane. But it's something of that ilk. It is. Are we, I mean, are we even talking bathtubs and baked beans ilk? I'm not... Ro- I, I've been in all areas of local radio. I'm not ruling anything <laughs> yeah. out. And I know you have been too. We've both been there. Let's not, st- let's not start talking chicken outfits. No, let's not do that. So we need your help with this. We, we want like a fundraiser challenge idea that kind of taps back into the heyday of the telethon. Yes, but away from gliders. Or bathtubs or baked beans. <laughs> yeah. Puddles is in Harlow. Obviously been listening to the earlier part of the show this evening. Great idea, this. How about Grandad on tour? As many football stadiums as possible within the time limit. Got to get photographic evidence, cash totaled or an accumulator to be put in place and broadcast while on tour. You could arrange to meet special guests at each stadium. 100% right. I mean, I'm an Everton fan. If you came to Goodison, you'd probably have an obstructed view. That's just how it is. Uh, what about this from Dave from the Isle of Wight? He says, uh, what about doing an indoor sky? dive people can bet on the first one to hit the fan at the top all the best i'm not i'm not sure that's the best spirit from dave there thank you very much what could we do we're open to any suggestions weasel on twitter says donate money to hear your favorite radio presenters eat a biscuit of your choosing for example jonathan donated 10 pound therefore andy has to eat a ginger nut he had stupid idea but it might work we've done worse we have done worse on this show that's, that's a regular feature. Uh, Fiona, what should we do? I had a Tupperware giraffe, and you made it out of bits of Tupperware. And I've just looked at it on, um, I Googled it, and it's come up on eBay, and there's a dog and an elephant. Wow, and eBay, obviously, you, you don't have it anymore, I guess. How much is it fetching no. on eBay? Is it like a lot of money? No, it's about <laughs> 20 quid for all three. It's <laughs> not bad. You can't put a price on memories, can you? Can't put a price. Do you know what? I didn't. Th- I didn't know Tupperware's. So this was a toy, was it? Then because I, I thought Tupperware was just for storing food. I didn't know they'd branched into the um, let's play with this lovely giraffe market. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just vaguely remember it. Um, Mum had loads of Tupperware, Tupperware sewing boxes, all sorts of things. Wow, but giraffe! I know it's, not- it's kind of funky, isn't it? Yeah, it is very funky. It's very colourful. Do you think, though, like, there's a load of stuff like that that, um, you know, no-one's going to put that in a museum, but it is a big part of our lives and, our, and your childhood and everything like that, so it should be protected, don't you think? Yeah, I think it should be protected. Put it in a protected box. Well, yeah, we think maybe more a museum, but a box is fine as well. <laughs> 24-hour five-a-side tournament is the latest suggestion for how we can uh, raise money uh, on uh, Cash for Kids Day, Thursday 27th of April. Uh, Ben's put this one forward, says, uh, every goal scored, 50 quid donated. You could raffle uh, our time slots to the highest bidder. Right, my back has just got back to normal after playing football for three months, right? So I can't imagine 24 hours, I don't know what would happen to me. I, I, I've got a vision and it's not pretty. 
Easy. You look like Ironside. <laughs> Paul Matthews says uh, you could just eat boiled eggs. That would be cool. Is that, is that what this has got down to now? <laughs> May Bush and Richie just do weird stuff for charity. <laughs> got Chris on the line. Chris, what could we do? So the idea is is to abseil down the Northampton lift tower. So it's one of only two in Europe, and they um, use it to test all the lifts. And it's about 150 metres or something like that. And you can see, you know, you can see oh. loads of counties from it. But it's the kind of thing that the um, Lou Peter presenters would have done back in the day. 100%. 100%. I mean, I've never heard of the lift tower before. And no. you say they test all the lifts down there. So a lot of lifts that you might see in big, like, skyscrapers get thrown down the old Northampton lift tower thing to test it first. Yeah, they go up and down and up and down. And, uh, you know, it gets used to see... Uh, Terry Wogan used to call it the Northampton Lighthouse back in the day. I've just wow. had a, I've just had a look at a Google image of it. Not just the image of it from the bottom, but also the image that you get from the top. You liking them heights? I, I'd like I'd like to rule it out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you could well you could go up there and you could take Grandad up as well, and he can just get uh, lowered down from the top, maybe. Whoa, what a beautiful finale to Grandad's career on this show that would be. Richie's shaking his head in despair there, having seen it My on the computer word. screen. Uh, that's something I wasn't aware of, and I didn't need to be aware of it. Well, you know, it's buttock-clenchingly high. Let's put it like that. There we go. <laughs> buttock-clenchingly high. Brilliant. Dave, what's your idea? <laughs> well, I live in Brighton. I thought, why not swim around um, Brighton Pier? Dressed as sharks or something, you know. <laughs> dressed <laughs> as sharks or something. Swimming. <laughs> so just to confirm oh, then, Dave, you live in Brighton and you'd like to see Richie and I swim around the end of uh, Brighton Pier, but, like, with shark fins on or something. Yeah, or lobster claws, or whatever right. you fancy. But I would imagine that's even harder to swim with yeah. lobster claws. How yeah. long is how long is Brighton Pier? Now, obviously, I I, I live near oh. South End, and it's the the biggest pier I think maybe in the world. Yeah. I, I was thinking of that just a minute ago. Uh, I reckon it's got to be about four or five hundred meters, maybe. Okay. Well, there's there's oh, there's, there's the Palace Pier that uh, is is way longer and in better nick than the the West Pier, yeah, which is yeah, somewhat yeah. decrepit. <laughs> Yeah, not not the old West Pier. That, that's just a pile of um, iron now. Apparently, Brighton Pier, the Palace Pier, is one thousand seven hundred and twenty-two feet long. Okay, that's long, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and um, you never made clear how long are, you, are we meant to be swimming around with the shark fins or the lobster claws on? Uh, depends how good a swimmer you are, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers, Dave. We appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Thank you for presenting us with such a well-thought-out idea, Dave. We love it. No, no problem. And uh, my surname is one of your DJs. Oh. All right, go on then. What is it? Berry. Your are Dave, Dave Berry. Berry. I am Dave Berry, yes, but not your Dave Berry. Well, this is, this is fantastic intel. We'll have to get you guys to meet up or something. Do you know what? <laughs> Thing is, we I only started listening to Absolute, I don't know, about six months ago. Me and this other geezer, and all day long, he said, Do "You get fed up with hearing your name." I said, well, "I don't know." I said, "There's a few million other people hearing it every day." But yeah, hey, do <laughs> take that, Dave. It's great to have you as part of the Absolute Radio family. Good on you. No problem. It's brilliant. I love it. This is the Daily Takeaway. Uh, Jim Williams has dropped us an email from good old Somerset and uh, he's picked up on something we were talking about the other week on the show. Uh, we, were, we were trying to design our perfect egg. Rather than just boring old chocolate Easter eggs, if your favourite thing could be made into an egg, what would it be? I was just saying I'd love a pasty Easter egg. Mm. 
What about that? And I just thought this is a flight of fancy. It's never going to be a thing. He says, look what I found, guys. And he sent us a link to, here's the headline, the Cornish Bakery creates the world's first pasty Easter eggs. Oh, wow. The award-winning Cornish Bakery has created the world's first with the launch of an egg-citing new project. Okay, that's their thing. The Cornish pasty Easter egg. And they're there, all golden brown, egg-shaped, and there's just a load of lovely meat and all the other stuff you get inside a pasty. Here's the frustrating thing, though. You've got to wait now till next Easter because they won't be making that anymore now it's gone, will they? Do you know what? The more I hear about this Easter thing once a year, let's have it four or five times a year. Exactly. If if Jesus doesn't mind... (laughs) Resurrecting at that frequency. Uh, Dave says, uh, referring back to, uh, we were talking about TV shows of our youth that we want to go back to, but watch in the right order rather than just a random episode. During lockdown, he says, I thought I'd watch The Wonder Years from start to finish. Oh, wow, what a programme. Only to find out there were over 100 episodes. Really? That soon put me off, as much as I loved the programme growing up. That's so weird, though, because, like, we were talking about Dog Tanya and thinking there'd be loads of them. There's only 26. Mm. I didn't think there was that many Wonder Years episodes. There's over 100. That doesn't really seem to make any sense. (laughs) Where's the balance in that? I think we've got the two facts the wrong way round. You'd like to get in touch with Richie and I about anything, as you can tell. Easter eggs made of pasties right the way through to the Wonder Years. All you need to do is email now, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Cheers. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. There's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Sorry for moaning about Easter eggs at the beginning. I know Easter's, there's more about Easter than just chocolate eggs. Although I did I did question on the indie disco on Saturday night yeah. you, what you were telling me on Home Time, Richie, that there were kids roaming around duffing in the, the back of Easter eggs and then turning them around so people got home and didn't realise they'd no, done. Promise I, and I've had loads of people get in touch saying this happened in their shop. That yeah. is one of the... If, if you wanted an example of, of the world going to the dogs... Awful. That is it. Absolutely awful. So mean-spirited about, you know, that just something as beautifully innocent as a chocolate egg. Do you know what? I can handle youths playing their music out loud on, on a train or smelling of weed or whatever, but don't smash in the back of people's Easter eggs for crying out loud. 363 days to sort your act out.